This is a quick reminder to follow us on iTunes, rate us five stars. You can also follow us on Facebook.com slash Blacklisted Podcast. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Podomatic. And if you Google Blacklisted Podcast and you see the fish, you know that's us. Fade to black. Hey, I am Mike D'Angelo, the writer and creator of TELUS, and I have just been blacklisted. Greetings, true believers. Greetings, Stan true Lee believers. here, welcoming Stan you here. to the latest welcoming harrowing the adventure. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Leading the fight, one man fate had made indestructible. His name, Dubious. Black. Listed. This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual Fade the Black, sanctioned by Black Listed Podcast. Commencing at the siren, there will be no holds barred. Anything and everything will go down. And now, here is your blacklisted true list. Check it out for those that know me. Welcome to Welcome me back. Real slick beside the others. Straight up and down. Yo, you know what I'm about. Fame, the black. I don't count too good. Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Why am I posting fifth? And y'all ain't even stopping me. Y'all should stop me that shit when I'm putting it on Facebook. Well, it's the seventh. Technically, it's the fifth, but you add two, so you get seven. So I do a little bit of basic math. This is the Blacklisted Podcast, a podcast of anything and everything in pop culture. With an urban point of view, I am your host, Nubius Black. And along for the ride is Chaos, the Minister of Defense. Yo, what's up? On the wheels of steel, one and two, rocking that Predator beat is DJ Academics. You heard? Silent but Yo, what's deadly. Up? What's good? What's good? There he is. That's Academics. He heard me. Silent but deadly. We have the martial arts expert, special effects whiz. Needs more sound. Turn my headphones up. Sensei Willie. What's up, man? I would like to first thank the tattooed mom for having us out here again for the how many times? Because I don't do math. Third time in a row. There we go. Three times is a charm. And we got a packed house with three people. So that works. Three, three, something else three is coming up. But we're talking about Predator 2. 
But uh, it's a, I, I just like coming out to this place because, you know, with a shirt like this I have on, I can just throw my sense against the wall and I'll blend right in. I'll be actually part of the wall. There's graffiti everywhere. Posters of all kind of crazy ass rock bands, and on the on the I'd like to thank Kev Gallagher for having us here too. From everything is awesome. So without me just rambling and bambling, we're here to talk about uh, a dear movie of mine. Uh, we all love it. Last time we was here, we talked about the original Predator because we knew there was a movie coming out uh, called what is it called The Predator. And since it came out and is already on DVD, and I have to admit, I don't know how you guys feel about it. It was a letdown. What do you I never seen it, so I'm going to get it out of the Walmart bin so we can do a podcast on it. (laughs) What do you think about academic? I wasn't feeling it at all. Well, the the whole thing with it seems like they used too much CGI. What about you, Will? What do you think? And it was kind of like, it sucked. See, at least you went straight for it sucked. And I saw pieces of it off of YouTube. I saw pieces of it. He saw it in pieces. It sucked bad. So, now that we got our personal feelings of this movie out, I mean, I really want to explain, like, personally, what I thought made Predator 2, just like the first one, Going back to the first uh, Predator movie, I thought it was fantastic because this was back in the 80s when usually a movie like that would be starring a Caucasian surrounded by a bunch of other Caucasians. That's called, you know, just, just the truth. It was just all out white, white, white. When you looked at the pre- cast of Predator, it was so international, it was so uh, spiced with flavor. You had Mexican Americans. You had uh, a black guy. You had two black dudes in this one. You had fucking Jesse. He's his own race or whatever the fuck Jesse is. You had uh, Arnold, obviously, the Austrian Oak. It was just like a patchwork of what the real military should be. Even though they were like, wink, wink. They never really said they were mercenaries. And Arnold kept saying he was a res- member of a rescue team. But what made it cool to me is that it was, it, it was a patchwork of everybody in it. And, you know, the creature was the creature, so... And it told a basic story of... uh, It started out as a rescue mission, and it bent that genre and turned into a a hunting-type show, and then it turned into full-on horror. And uh, bottom line is that, that the movie propelled Arnold to the top of the charts back then, but if you think about it, Arnold didn't win. He survived the Predator. Yeah, he just survived it. So now we move up three years, which was a perfect time to let that marinate. They were going to do Predator 2. And they offered Arnold the role, and Arnold turned it down because he didn't think it was a good idea that the creature would be fighting in, uh, in the jungle, uh, out of the jungle, that, is, that they're going to do this in the city, which I was like, that's the next step, you would think, you know, concrete jungle, you know? The urban jungle, yeah. And... Arnold's loss was Danny Glover's uh, game. I would have never picked Danny Glover to play that role, but this is one of the few firsts. Name another horror movie that starred a black lead besides Black Killer. I'll wait. In the 80s. Anybody else? 
Anybody? Anybody no one? I can think of Night of the Living Dead, and that was Ben Johnson, and that was in 1967. Uh, where, yeah, mainly where he's the main lead. Like the main lead was, was Danny Glover, who was doing his best impersonation of Martin Riggs, if you think about it, because he was Riggs, the, the crazy uh, hotshot cop that was always mad and sweaty. And it was kind of funny that it was like they claimed it was oppressive heat in 1997 in the future when this film was supposedly out. And I don't know about y'all, but when it's hot like it is today, I ain't wearing no long sleeve shirt. That <laughs> motherfucker had a long sleeve shirt on through the whole movie. He took one <laughs> off to put another long sleeve shirt on. I'm like, man, if you don't put a damn tank top on, you're a sergeant. Everybody's going to fucking yell at you. And uh, it was kind of cool if you looked, they had like a lot of like stunt and secondary actors from the Lethal Weapon series also splattered around to do Predator 2. And Peter Keyes, whose character was changed from Dutch, because Dutch was supposed to be the Peter Keyes character. A lot of people don't know that. Arnold was supposed to come back and play in, uh, a government advisor on these things. And since Arnold didn't do it, they just rewrote it for uh, Gary Busey to play Peter Keyes. And Gary Busey also came from Lethal Weapon. And this was his first movie after a motorcycle accident that damn near killed his crazy ass. So I just thought, you know, their, the animosity that they had on that, you know, because of Pete stepping in, Peter Keyes stepping in and trying to step in Danny Glover's investigation. Yeah, you because uh, it was mainly um, the, I guess, the drug wars and everything else that was in L.A. that they were... That where all the escalation and the conflict was that drew the predator into it, and he was mainly concerned about that. But then all of a sudden, once this new type of thing started happening, and he started muscling in on his uh, investigation, and he didn't take too kindly to that. And bringing up that gang war you're talking about, which is smart, because you know they. Again, this is world building 101. A lot of fans who are, are not big fans of this movie don't understand. This is world building 101 where they said that this race comes where there's conflict and heat. And having two gangs fighting over drug war turf and being in the middle of the summer and being that the fact that Danny Glover's character risked his life to save a motorcyclist cop who was down, caught in between these two warring factions, figured, wow, he did all that, you know, he's got to be good sport. And, you know, a lot of people don't look that far, it ain't that hard to look at, it's right there on the screen, but a lot of people don't even pay attention to that shit. What I did pay attention to was that the other group of gangs, you know, one with the scorpions, the uh, Cuban scorpions, and the other was the Jamaican voodoo possum. Which makes no sense when you think about it, because I don't know too many Jamaicans who practice voodoo. Voodoo comes from Haiti, so they could have been called the Haitian voodoo possum, but the Jamaicans, nah. And then when you think about it also, they wanted to start, before they got Danny Glover, it was supposed to be your boy Steven Seagal was supposed to be the star. Thank God that didn't happen. Seeing him running, chase, can you imagine him running, chase the predator with his girly ass run, the ponytail? And uh, he ended up leaving that movie and signed on to do uh, March for Death, where he fought other Jamaicans. So he got to deal with Screwface and not he didn't know Screwface. Screwface had two faces or two heads. 
But also, as we we're, were talking about, like, the cast for the last one, which is pretty much just, uh, looked like it just a blank, white, 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 except for maybe two. That right. Works. Right. This one is uh, a bit more diverse. It's way more diverse. You have, you have Ruben Blaze. You have Maria Kachita Alonzo. You have Bill Paxson. Yeah. Danny Glover, of Danny course. Glover, of course. And then, yeah, if, if, even though you couldn't see, I'm uh, Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall, who played two predators in this movie, by the way. And then, when you, and then even uh, even up that uh, darker quotient more towards the end, when you have what was it, the uh, yeah, the, the, the Lakers, the hunting party, were all the 1992 or whatever that this movie came out. What year? Did it, yeah, it was it was like a, it was 91, but it was like it was like 90. It, it was all it was like Jamal Wilkes, all the Lakers, James Worthy, and a couple other Los Angeles Lakers playing members of the hunting party, which I think is kind of cool because if you look on YouTube, you can see them do a dance number around Danny Glover where they're dancing. I mean, and think about it. Stan Winston had to come up with five, six more costumes to put these big dudes in. But also at the same time, where else are you going to find find six seven foot, foot, six foot, seven foot guys to all fill those costumes? Closest place you're going to have to look for is in the NBA. And, that's also and, like that's right there in L.A. Yeah. Right. And the guy who directed this, he uh, was fresh off of Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Child, I believe it was. He, that was his first movie. He did the Dream Child. So that was like a graduation. They just threw his ass into the deep water. So you go from doing, you know, a small but successful franchise in the, in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, and you go straight to that. You know, they had a lot of people like Patrick Swayze was supposed to be in this movie, but he got hurt during Roadhouse. John Lithgow was supposed to play uh, Peter Keyes, but he stepped out. And again, like I've said, uh, Steven Seagal was supposed to be the star. It's amazing how things changed up, so that's cool. Uh, this was like the beginning of like that whole black lead, you know, in the genre. Because we, after this, I can't think of another black lead. Until uh, till Candyman it. came out with Tony Todd. And, you know, you know then you have like... Uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. Ice Cube was in Ghost of Mars, and, and <clears throat> Sana Latham was obviously in AVP. But that was a long time coming, man. That took forever for it to happen. You know, and everybody, I mean, right now, everybody should just wake up and, and allow to have rep, should have representation in these films because Marvel is doubling down on it. Why not? But this movie started, was right there, in there, because you're in L.A. in the inner city, you ain't going to have just a whole bunch of all white white cops there. You're yeah, not. They, all... they were fighting in L.A., they weren't fighting in Beverly Hills. Exactly. And King Willie, <laughs> you, you know who, Willie, who played King Willie? His name was Calvin Lockhart, do you know who he is? Come on, man, you know these old movies. I was, I was no wasn't he? Wasn't he uh, Little Seymour or Biggie Small in those movies with uh, Peter uh, Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby? Cotton oh, the Harlem that was Cotton Biggie Small, right? Biggie Small, Biggie Small. He played King Willie. Oh yeah, the, the, the head got his head chopped off. Right. And yeah. And, and yeah. more famously, I remember him as the pimp in Superman One. 
Y'all don't remember yeah, a pimp yeah, and Superman yeah, one. See, yeah, he was like, come on, man, Superman, <laughs> come out there, and the only black person you're going to have to lines is a pimp. Hey. Stick that cake, man. Y'all yep, my part. Yep, they could have had Huggy Bear. Yeah, the word on the street, Superman, is Lex Luthor. Stick that cake, man. But Kevin Peter Hall, who played the original Predator, he, play, he came back in this film, and he played the Predator in this. He also played the elder Predator, who ended up giving Danny Glover... One, one Van Damme supposed to be one of them? Van Damme was the original Predator, but the suit was so bad, and Van Damme <laughs> wanted to show his face. When Come on, dude. You know they hired you to play a monster. You ain't walking around looking like some pretty blonde-haired French guy. So He's going to be the, the first Predator to do a full split. Yeah. He could barely run in that costume, so they had to. Uh, they, they basically shut the, shut the filming down because that costume was horrible, and then reason why it was horrible because it it looked like a a two a like two a cricket. No, like a two-legged platypus. He had a bill and then. So when they shut down and they were trying to come up with a new design for the creature and uh, for Predator 1, Arnold was getting married at the time to Maria Shriver. I guess he wasn't banging his damn housemaid yet. That comes later. (laughs) And uh, that's when uh, Stan Winston was on a flight somewhere to Japan with James Cameron. And James Cameron told Stan Winston that it would be cool if he could create a creature with mandibles. He'd never seen that before. But Stan Winston was drawing a sketch of a Rastafari warrior, and he combined the two, and there we have it. See, now that we went back to one, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand also with the world building with Predator 2. What can't you do anymore? You can't surprise the fans after already showing you what the monster looked like, because they saved that to the very end of Predator 1. So, you gotta add to the, now you can't surprise them with the look of Beast, you gotta add to the world of the Beast, and that's what they did. They added the whole, the hunting party, they added the, uh, the whole, these creatures have honor with certain hunts. So they added to it, and you know, you, you just can't, can't recycle the same stuff over and over again, and that was the smart thing. They didn't try to recycle Predator 2 with Predator 1, so I thought that was smart. Like, you know, the, uh, after having, like, if you notice, when the Predator had his arm cut off in this movie, in Predator 2, yeah, they, hired, yeah. they hired a one-armed stuntman to play him for the wide shots, so I think that's kind of neat that you actually would go... You go that far out to hire a one-armed something. So, on that scene, it's kind of weird. Tell me if you guys picked it up. So, they fall down and fall into this apartment complex. And Danny Glover has to crawl across this beam. The Predator's in the bathroom. Yeah, he's afraid of heights. The Predator's in the bathroom. Patching himself up and getting shot up with the Danny Glover shotgun with his plaster and some of his predator medicine. And I thought that was a cool scene because it showed that they have, you know, they get hurt and they need to prepare themselves too. And that the fact that we didn't know that that spaceship was under this, 
apartment complex. But the funny thing to me was the old white lady comes out of the back, out of the bedroom. She's sneaking around with a broom. A giant eight-foot tentacle-head monster comes running out. She doesn't make a peep. She's startled, but she doesn't make a peep. Black cop runs in there, she's screaming like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, a cop! Well, a black cop? Well, also, technically, no, it was just a giant black man running out of there because she didn't know it was a cop. Yeah, she didn't even know that. So she's scared more of a, 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 a six-foot black cop than she is a, an eight-foot giant alien. With dreads. With dreads, right. This is the first movie that got an NC-17 rating, too. We tore the whole door off the hinges, too. This Take movie created a whole new rating system. NC-17, they had to cut a few violence uh, oh, no, out of it to get an R. I didn't think Danny, Glover, Danny Glover was going to beat him. I, I didn't either. I didn't think he was going to beat him. I didn't think he was going to beat him. Usually, them type of characters, you know, black characters dying all the time. But also, at the same time, when, um, when the Predator basically was about to just... Uh, doing what he did at the end of the movie, I guess Danny more or less lucked out because he was he was trying to keep from falling because right. he hated heights. He was more afraid of falling than he was getting killed by this thing. Yeah, so he just happened to luck out and slice through his uh, self-destruct thing. Which was well written because now it gives you an excuse of why this thing now has to fight to the death because he can't take the cheap way out by hitting... Because Danny didn't know about that self-destruct mechanism. Nobody did. Nope, he was just trying to cut his arm off so I wouldn't drag it down. So now it gets to the point where now... Danny is, is not just trying to survive it like Arnold did. Now it's more to the point where he has to... Basically now, the first one to beat one. Yeah, pretty much. He literally beat it in hand-to-hand, well, literally, two hands-to-one-hand combat. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. And with his own way. And, uh... Yeah, no muscles, no steroids. The guy who, uh, did the Predator's voice, you know who that was, right? No. Come on, academics, you should know this. That's that was Peter Cullen. Oh, that's, that's Optimus the guy, Prime. Yeah, that's the guy that did uh, Optimus Prime. Yep. So Peter Cullen, he went way back to uh, Gino De Laurentiis' King Kong when he was doing the growls and stuff for that movie as well. So it's a lot of first in this show. And a lot of people are like, some critics were like, they didn't have the camaraderie of a well-trained military. Well, duh, they weren't a well-trained military. They were a bunch of street cops. I was just about to say it was police officers. It was police officers. And, and the camaraderie. They had the same military training. I the mean, the old training was supposed to be like a police But it wasn't like that military. They knew maneuvers yeah, and all that like shit. The, the military, so. And the fact that it, it gave you a little backstory with um, Danny Glover's character, Heinemann. Not Heinemann. What was his name? Uh, shit, I forgot his name again. Wait, by, um, wait, by, uh, Robert Downey? No, Danny Glover's cat. Oh, yeah, Danny Glover's um, <coughs> dang. Harrigan. Yeah, Harrigan had, had <laughs> you know, it showed that he had love for his co-workers. And Danny and him, you know, Ruben Blades came up together. They even said that when Ruben Blades was an idiot for climbing up on that roof. 
on the ledge trying to get that spirit tip. So, you, you know, technically, Predator didn't have to kill him, but, you know, because I didn't see where he posed the threat. But I guess the, the way they were saying it, this thing was killing anybody close to, to Harrigan to lure him into the open to fight him and attack him. But again, as we uh, alluded back to that code, when uh, I guess it's uh, when Leona Cantrell, played by Maria Chialanga, when she was confronted by the thing, she wasn't killed by it because the predator found out that she was with a child. Right, and I thought that was a cool little mix too. That you know, uh, that's all right. shoot through. But here's the thing: who was the baby's dad? Was that's it Danny? Was, I was always. Was it was it the Danny? Was it fucking Merton? It was was it Harrigan? Was it anybody else except but maybe it was a character off camera that they edited out? You know, I always wondered who was the, who was the, uh, you know uh, the baby dad because he just popped up like that. Day. Nah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Lambert. I first saw it, I'm not going to tell you a lot. I thought when they showed the inside, I was like, is it a baby or is it like, remember how the aliens or right, right. how was it one of them in there or something like that at the same at the same time. But then like you said, I was always trying to figure out who the, who was the father of the baby. And, it, and again, like Cal said, you know, they, they come from, a, you know, it's a code. It's loosely some, some, you know, follow it, some don't. But they do have a code where they... Um, they don't kill kids because they didn't kill that little boy with the plastic gun. They don't kill pregnant women, and uh, and if you don't have a gun, you're pretty cool. But he's in the perfect spot then because he's in L.A. and everybody had a gun, especially on that train. He wiped the whole friggin' train out because everybody was armed. So it almost I don't know. Sound like, almost sound like he was kind of the good guy. I guess. <laughs> it sound like. He he, he, he sure wasn't picky about who he was going to kill, that's for sure. And if you pay attention, if, uh, next time you watch it and freeze frame it on, if you look at the Elder, he has dog tags on from other wars that he must have been in. He has, like, patches from, like, World War II veterans and shit on that. So, just, again, world building means a lot in franchises. It's when you start not paying attention to your world building and you just go off the beaten trail like, you know, me and Chaos complains about Christopher Nolan with Dark Knight Rises. He totally built a world with the first two Batman films and then the third one he totally just ignored all of it, you know, and expected us to just, oh, it's just a movie, just watch it. Not when you're going to sit there and world build and get everybody vested. Why, why would you just scratch it unless you're just taking the money, you know what I mean? In that case, he probably was just taking the money. Pretty much, that's what it sounds like. And, and again, like I was like, it's so hot out there. These cops is out there wearing long sleeve shirts and shit. Did y'all notice that porn star that was on uh, on top of the Cuban dude? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry Weigel. Terry Weigel. Yeah, man, she You're was my go-to. You ain't supposed to hear that, baby. She was my go-to. Yes, sir. <laughs> she was hot. I remember seeing her. She was on Fredericks of Hollywood. The first time I seen her, she was like. Negligee Queen. And uh, if I had the money, I had to pre uh, preface it with that. 
If I had the money to do a Predator film, I would like to see like a movie where they would say, you seen, uh, what's that damn war movie? My brain just went off with the brothers. Saving Private Ryan. You guys are saving Private Ryan and during like a war like Afghanistan or World War II or even Vietnam and the war is going on like a typical war movie but then like people are fine being skinned and each side is blaming each other and then the soldiers got to team up to take out this thing. And the Predators playing them against each other. I think that would be cool to drop the Predator into different wars and stuff. Since they're already saying from the world building that they have been in all these wars since the 1820s. So, yeah, I mean, even even if it's like a, a, a small series of him going to... Um, like I say, any of the any of the wars that year. Right. World War One, to Vietnam... I mean, you just drop one of them in there. Yeah, I think. But the top, my well, I mean, but also, how would how would some of these uh, soldiers and stuff, which I guess if you want to call them primitive weapons, even compared to today, handle some like that that has highly advanced weapons, even from what we have today? So how would they right, try right. to deal with that? So. Since we're celebrating the first moon landing this week, this was my all-time favorite. If Hollywood wants to steal this one, steal away, because this is probably their best bet to make a good Predator movie, omitting this last ridiculous attempt. Have it where you're in the near future, they're trying to go to Mars, stargates and what have you. Say they're trying to go to Mars, you got American astronauts, and the ship, and they end up, since they already, again, world building, since the Predator franchise already now exhibited that they can, they have, uh, like, like, portals that they can travel through dimensions and, and universes with. One of these things open up, swallows up the United States spaceship, and it opens up, and you go to, they, they land on a planet. That planet would be Yelcha Prime. That's where these things are from. They're called Yelcha. But the predators don't know they're there. So they're there, the humans, just glad to be alive, and they're looking to find a way to get back home. And they come across this civilization, and they're hiding the whole time, just watching the day-to-day -day operations of what these things do. Now that would be interesting. I mean, you have the humans who offer the backstory and, and the monologue, but we'll see these things, you know, working, fixing shit. I don't know, setting out the trash. I don't know what the fuck they do. Just have their whole, their whole civilization. Yeah. How do they raise kids? Yeah, what do a female life. predator look like? Is she really the boss, like they are on Earth? Just make her the fucking boss. And that. These guys do all this training and fighting to get plans just to get a mate, the queen, you know? And then just when you think everything is safe, that's when they get noticed, the humans. And then the predator hunt sends out a hunting uh, team to find these humans and kill them. And that's a story in itself. How does it end? I don't know. I didn't write this story. I wrote a, another one. 
But this one would, I think that movie would make money because you'll have more than one predator. You'll see their whole civilization in their honor code and some that don't follow the honor code when they talk about the berserkers getting kicked off and uh, that they showed in Predators. I mean, that's money to be made right there, I think. What do you think about that, academic? About that movie, would you like to see a movie like that? Yeah, I would love to see it like that. Matter of fact, I ain't gonna Here's another one. Uh, What do you guys know of Predator Blood? Do you know what it's made out of? Well, looks like antifreeze. That's what I thought it was too, but it's not. Predator Blood is about to say Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. (laughs) 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 It's probably as toxic as Mountain Dew. Yeah, Predator Blood is made out of KY jelly and that shit that you put in those damn glow-in-the-dark bricks and shit, that damn rave shit. Yeah, so they use jugs of KY jelly and and jugs of that glow-in-the-dark shit. So you know it's a timetable of how long they can use this shit because the glow doesn't last that long, you know? But KY will last long. That one just slipped away from me there. And uh, I was reading where they shot the King Willie scene in that alley. That was a real alley. They shot that shit at 2 in the morning. And that people were tired of hearing like the, the, the production taking place. They were throwing bottles at, bottles of piss at them and shit. And uh, spitting on them. And then one of the, uh, the assistants tripped over a bag. And in the bag was a real dead body. So they had to call the fucking cops. But they got that shot in and made sure they had to kill King Willie off before the cops came in to find this dead body that was rotten in the alleyway. Only in Hollywood. No, officer, this isn't part of our set and we didn't put him there. (laughs) So, uh, they said that, I I thought it was kind of weird. Remember the scene where they were inside the, um, What's it called where they keep the meat and shit? That meat packing, packing plant? Oh, like a, I don't know, it's like a, basically like a big meat freezer. Right. And remember when uh, Danny Glover was uh, fighting him, and then Peter Key showed up and was trying to freeze the monster out and shit with his little fucking silver spacesuit? When the Predator threw his smart disc at him to cut him in half, his legs fell on the ground, but somehow his upper body just stayed floating in the air. It never fell down. Unless he was hugging on to a... A, a hunk of meat or some shit. Because they never... They didn't even bother. was like, in here, we're, we're worrying about one guy fucking saluting and walking away. They didn't care about that shit with that fucking body hanging up. And, um... Then you had uh, Robert, not Robert, I almost said Robert Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr., remember when he was around with, with his big fake ass teeth? He was more scary than the fucking monster. But, you know, he played himself in this, literally. Morton Downey Yeah, basically just a loud mouth. This Morton Downey Jr. Since we got, uh, ow, god damn it. You got Kevin over there. Kevin, I got a, I got a trivia question for you. 
You got one trivia question. Here it comes. You ready? You will get this one of a kind. Cock. Not picked from my ancestors. Blacklisted t-shirt. If you can answer this question. Okay, let's go for it. Ready? My brain just went blank again. I'm gonna, hold up, let me find it. <laughs> you got your cheat sheet. I got my cheat sheet and I still can't remember it. Hold up, where's that? Where's that? It's what happens when we podcast in 100 degree weather. I'm certain of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's it. Bill Paxton, the actor in this movie. Bill Paxton. He, he's, he recently passed away. Great actor. But he has a unique distinction in action horror genre for a certain trifecta. What is it? I have no idea. Come on, man. Bill Paxton. I, my Bill Paxton knowledge is uh, Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. And <laughs> yeah, he wasn't there. You're right. Was he the older brother in Weird Science? Yep. That's my Bill Paxton knowledge. Man. I, I uh, talking about, I don't know if you've said this on your show yet, so I won't say it, but what we talked about before you went live tonight makes me want to ke- watch the movie you're talking about today and last year to prepare for that. Because uh, I've never watched Predator. I've never seen the Predator movies either. Oh, my God. We're <laughs> going to come to your house and watch them in your house. <laughs> I am a, I am a terrible uh, movie person. I bet you Kevin Smith was in this damn movie. Why? I, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Do you I, know Gina? I can read it. <laughs> no. No. You can't read it. <laughs> you can't read it. You almost slipped it out. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you read it since it's Kevin and Guy. What is the trifecta? I know it's been Terminator, Commando, and Alien. Nope. Wrong. They wrong because he was not in Commando. The answer is Bill Paxton was killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. He's the only actor that ever had that happen. I know that sounds kind of stupid, but as a fan of this shit, I love that shit. When he was, oh man! Yes, he was the first. He was the first guy Arnold killed. Took his clothes when he came in there naked, talking about that laundry day, right? Alien, he got killed when. Remember, he told the girl, he told her, "Game over, man." Alien, he was like, "Let the little girl be in charge." (laughs) (laughs) Game over, man. What the hell are we gonna do? Is the way let there be in charge? And in this movie, he got killed for throwing a golf ball at the predator because he ran out of weapons and shit. Like, I don't know what he thought a golf ball was gonna do. I don't know where if there was an inside joke in there or not. But I think Predator Two deserves more respect than what a lot of the Predator fans get it, especially after watching the. I tell you what, I. I we should tie Kevin up, turn TV on, put, you know, uh, two picks in his eyes so he can't blink and make him watch Predator Requiem, ABP. Oh, my God, that is a torturous, that is a, that's a torturous scene now. But we actually like Kevin, so we wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would never, I would <laughs> never do that to you. This movie was so bad, and it makes you mad because you're like, a studio okayed this. And somebody gave them money. 
can make it. And when they made it, they decided to turn all the lights off in every scene, and you couldn't see nothing. You might have seen an okay movie, I guess okay, because the, the humans in this film are totally forgettable. You want, them all, you want them all to die. And you want them to die. You literally are cheering on the monsters in this film. No world, only thing about world building there was they showed Yelcha Prime, which was kind of cool. And the Predator was sitting in a barber chair of some sort. That's what it looked like, a barbershop chair. And he was just chilling. And an alarm went off, and he got up, and he put on a new helmet, got in the spaceship, flew to Earth, and started killing shit. But other than that, and that Predalion was kind of cool, but it was so dark. Not just in tone, but visually so dark, you couldn't see anything going on. So I thought it was just like... We were all hyped up. Me, me and Chaos ran to see this movie and walked out of there mad as hell. Because he was AVP, the, the, the one before that was... Was not have that? It was watchable. Yeah. It was watchable. Was it great? No, but it was... What AVP did wrong, in my opinion, was... It was like doing what we... It was literally doing a podcast in front of us. It was like, what do you want to see a Predator versus Alien movie do? And it did that. It did everything you wanted it to do without telling a story. At least a linear story that you could follow. And, you know, it was like they, they were tripping and fall, stumbling over their own feet. Like, if this one surviving predator was a youngin', but he was trained to do what he did, and the other predators who were in the spaceship were trained to do what they do, they didn't check this dude to see if he was impregnated with alien when they put him on the ship. You just had to take him without putting him in, like, let the doctors look him over to see if anything's wrong with him besides being dead. You know what I mean? But... They made that movie just to make a sequel, and the sequel was horrible. Yep. But uh, also, us, give us half the budget. We can probably do this. Yeah, give a us one. One not even a third. <laughs> not even a, give us a quarter of that budget. We can come up with. Give, give us the craft services. Yeah, budget. give us craft services <laughs> to feed Ian White, who we met at Monster Mania one year, who was a legit seven foot four. Giant, goofy guy. Nicest guy. I think he was from Germany or some shit. Or Britain. One of those. Germany or Britain. But he was a big dude, man. But you can't just be big to play that role. Because he ran around like a football player. Like he was lumbered around. And he didn't stop. Like... Kevin Peter Hall was a ballet dancer. He was a martial artist. He was, he was graceful. I mean, he was, that's the word. So if, if you're going to have different type of ones, yeah, sure, fine. You can have one that, that, that's, that's, that's built like a tank. Oops. Um, you, you can have one that's uh, a graceful like a ballerina. Right, right. Uh, but if you're just going to have one there, and you're, always, you're used to all of them basically either being the Kevin Peter Hall type of tall and somewhat graceful. Right. And then you just give us uh, one that just will just walk right through you. I mean, it can be interesting, but it, it, it didn't, they didn't even play it out that way. Right. It, 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 like you said, they had all that and didn't play that out at all. Because uh, I guess being that the ones in AVP were still young, they wore a lot of body armor. They were, they, they had multiple weapons. They had weapons out the ass, you know what I mean? But 
little by little, they were, you know, they had to lose the armor, they had to lose this, they had to lose that. And I noticed that the one in AVP, he had more teeth, where the other predators looked like they were losing teeth from age, I guess. I don't know. But uh, they, they, it was a missed opportunity. I, I believe so. Yeah, it was bad. Bad, so, bad, bad. <laughs> Super bad. How, how do you fix that, academics? Would it ask you, so what you say again? How, how would you have fixed that movie? Uh, probably blow up the DVD. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> blow up the DVD. Use the DVD to start the grill up and start it all over again. <laughs> well, on that note. That was Predators. Predators actually, it had a really good concept, I believe. I, I like that concept in that movie where they were on a, uh, a hunting preserve and they were actually being hunted by another race. Yeah, they had another group of Predators in this one and I thought that was cool. But again, their problem was like a lot of uh, uh, sequels, redos, if you will, they stuck. It was it had the Superman Returns problem, where they stuck so close to the original uh, Predator movie, they didn't show us nothing that we didn't already know. You had a bunch of badasses. Check. They didn't show nothing new. Huh? They didn't show nothing new. Nothing new. Only thing they the gave left. us new was like. It was another tribe of predators who were bigger than the predators we know. And the dogs. And the predator dogs. That was it. And that apparently there was a civil war going on between the giant, giant-sized predators and the regular giant predators. Not to be excused by the Hulk predator that they had in the predator. Which made no sense because you had a giant Hulk 15-foot predator who had all the technological advancements of the other predators yet didn't wear any tech. And they're going to try to tell us that it's implanted in him and all this shit. And if the predator that he's hunting for brought mankind this special Iron Man armor, why ain't he wear it? It made no sense. He should be wearing this suit. And, 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 and helping out mankind if he was supposed to be so uh, that was his thing where he was uh, supposed to help us and being that he's helping us he killed enough human beings that he was helping us which made no sense either so again if I was making a Predator movie and in closing since we're getting close to the end I'm going to just say it right now that's exactly what we did this is the first time I'm going to talk about it in public, besides the people who did it. Uh, DJ Academics, stars in it with Chaos, stars in it with Big Will, stars with it with Zero Balance, and stars in it with my son, Silky Smooth, and my daughter, April. We made a Predator movie a year ago. And the reason we made it, uh, I just watched the original Predator, and I remember looking at Cass and just, I can make this movie. Just as it would be just as good as anything after two, because budget wise, 
I said, I didn't have the money. We had no, I, I just said, if I can nail the suit and work around that suit and build this story, I said, if you guys were to agree to do it, we're going to do this. And we did it. We filmed it in how many weekends? Like uh, three. Three or four About weekends. Three or four weekends. Just weekends. Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and special. And story-wise, it was a bit more coherent than the last. The Predator. Our movie. story was coherent. It had a beginning, a middle, and end. We had two hours and maybe 20 minutes of raw footage, which we had shrunk down to 35 minutes of actual story time. Which uh, I personally think, you know, not to, like I said earlier before we went live, I wasn't kissing my own ass. I think it tells the story. It, 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 it is definitely, you could watch the original Predator movie, I kid you not, watch our fan film and go, oh, so that's what happened in between, between that and Predator 2. Uh, it tells, like I said, it tells a story. It has humor in it. It has action. I, instead of like in most Predator movies where only the hero has a fight scene, everybody has a fight scene. Everybody has a distinct, separate, individual fight scene. I think the only one that didn't have a fight scene was Chaos. And that was because his character from being a douchebag through the whole movie ends up sacrificing himself to save the scientists and the CIA chip. But... He may not had a good. Uh, he may not had a fight scene, but he had the most amazing death. It, I love his death. It is fantastic, and I like to put give a shout out to Johnny Depp who did all the editing and did all the sound effects and special effects behind the scenes, and he just made the dream that I have and he put it on film, and I can't wait to uh, put it out there. And it's a non-for-profit. Again, it's a fan film. It has nothing to do with Warner Brothers or Disney. I don't want them suing us. Because they ain't going to get shit from me but a fucking old-ass chihuahua. And that's it. And I don't think he's leaving unless he's going without a fight. But uh, again, these guys went out there in 100 degree weather. They fought and they sweated and they fell in the mud and water and mosquitoes and bugs and bitching and complaining, but they love that cold ice water because that's all I paid them with was ice water. Not even the good shit. They had the Walmart brand ice water. So Got shot with bottle rockets. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, it was crazy. Chaos got shot with fucking fireworks and shit. It was insane. And then when we cleared, when he cleans it up with uh, special effects and stuff with Chuck did, uh, again, fantastic stuff. I, I want you guys to keep an eye out open for it. We're going to get a copy to uh, Kevin Gallagher, and everything is awesome. Uh, and if you don't like it, come out and say so. I don't care. Say you don't like it. We'll find out where you live at. <laughs> we'll have Cameron dressed up in that suit and have him kick you in the head. Because uh, it was really, I'm, I, 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 I'm very proud. I told these guys before we went on live, I said, I was very proud of these guys to do what they did. And and we got more shit coming. I got like three different more ideas for these 45-minute films. Uh, we're looking at doing a day a day live sequel. Like, what would happen if Jay Z was really the guy that was controlling everything when he didn't know he was an alien or, or Beyonce, some shit like that? Because you know, it's always like sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. You know, everything you get, you just pay for, pay pay us, and we'll make sure you're happy. But uh, again, 
when you see it out there, I don't know how long if Facebook is going to keep it out there or, 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 or YouTube, but we'll find a place to put it out there. And if not, we're going to just print a bunch of copies and give them, the, again, give them the everything is awesome and other friends who would do cons and just leave them out there. And if you don't like them, it ain't cost you shit, but fucking 35 minutes of your time. And you, you spent more time seeing some really bad shit, is what I said. And I think we're going to give you 35 minutes of pure predator action. I think you're going to dig it. And with that, I'd like to thank, you know, all the guys who are involved with it. I'd like to thank the Tattoo Mom for having us here, the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. What are you showing me? You read the sponsor list. You, you got it. So, Chaos is going to read a sponsor list, and, and a lot of thank yous. And before I, I, I go, I just want to quote what King Willie said, uh, that you can't see the eyes of the demon until him come calling. And sooner or later, we're going to come calling. So, keep your eye out. Chaos. And with that, we would like to thank Indy Hall's podcast, Junto, Tattoo Moms. This is this place to be. The National Liberty Museum, World Cafe Live, New Media Touring, Fireball Printing, Everything is Awesome, the podcast by Kevin Gallagher. Hey, you, you. OB Media, Podcasting Services, Philly Banner Express, Tea House Screen Printing, Bridget Sound, and the Philadelphia Podcast Society. They all work to make this festival possible. Well, damn. Besides it being 188 degrees in here and I lost about five <laughs> pounds just sitting here running my mouth, I like to tell everybody in the sound of my voice that listen to the Blacklisted Podcast to come on back. Same black time, same black channel, blacklistedpodcast.com. With that chaos. With that, we say, fade the black. Peace.